Welcome back for another episode of Boss Bible Study. We're glad to be here, Brandon and Daryl. Uh, today we're going to be talking about obedience, the story of Noah. So we're excited about today's episode. We hope that wherever you're at in your car, home, and bed listening, we got something prepared for you. You know, Daryl, Brandon, you want to open up some prayer? Yes, sir. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We come before you, throne of mercy and grace by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're thankful for the sacrifice. We're thankful for your ever-present help with us, Lord. We pray that you would help us today to understand your word, guide us by your Holy Spirit, and reveal unto us things of old that we need to know, things new and afresh that we need to grasp and and, and attain to uh, so that we might walk in uh, a pure faith, a sincere conscience, and a, a, a cleansed heart by your word, Father God, um, in, in zeal for our God, as you, Jesus, led the path, led the way for us. Thank you, Messiah. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we're talking about obedience. We're talking about the story of Noah. Um, you know, just from reading, for those who aren't familiar, you're finding Noah's story between Genesis chapter 5 and wrapping up towards the end of um, Genesis chapter 9, maybe a little bit in chapter 10. But, um, you know, Daryl, do you want to kick us off? And Absolutely. And, um, and one, I just want to say uh, it's good to be back with the guys and I'm um, definitely excited to kind of uh, jump into this. Uh, and so real quick, as I was kind of, you know, you know, just reading through Noah's story again and, you know, really kind of just meditating on everything. I wanted to throw something at you guys um, and just see what you guys kind of thought about this. As I began to think about obedience, right? I realized that obedience was also tied to faith and faithfulness, right? And so, you know, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to be obedient when you don't have faith, right? We look at Abraham, uh, you know, leaving his home, you know, leaving his, his homeland, leaving his, his inheritance uh, for, you know, for, for something bigger. And he, he didn't necessarily know what that bigger was, right? But he had faith, right? Although he was being obedient, he had faith. As we, you know, as we, as we dive into the story of Noah, uh, you know, he begins, you know, he, he, he's given a, a word from God that, you know, he was going to, to flood the world. Um, and he never even seen rain before, right? But he was obedient and he had faith, right? And so it, it just really made me realize to be obedient, we first must have faith. And so uh, I wanted to just read um, a quick a quick verse and then I kind of want to jump down. So um, I wanted to look at verse, uh, and we're in Genesis 6, um, chapter 9. I'm, tra- I'm sorry, it's Genesis uh, 6, verse 9. I want to start there. And it says, these are the family records of Noah. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. And then I kind of want to jump down to um, verse uh, verse 12. It says, God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. And so, and just looking at that right there, right, it tells us in in, in verse 9 that Noah was a, a righteous man, right? He was blameless. You know, it says Noah walked with God. And then so it, it made me it made me begin to think, right? You know, sometimes we're not actually able to hear God because we're not close enough. We're not walking close enough with him to be able to hear, right? 
And then so in, 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 in verse 12, God says that, uh, you know, the, the, the earth was, cor- you know, the people and the things were corrupt. Things were wicked. Um, and so, you know, God then told Noah that he decided to put an end to every creature. Right. And so I guess, you know, you can look at that and say, well, well, why did why did Noah? Why, how come God told Noah? He didn't tell me. He didn't tell anybody else. He told Noah. Right. But that's because Noah walked with God. He had a relationship with God. Mm, you know, good. they were they were they were they were talking. They were you know what I'm saying? Um, and so, you know, for for myself, it made me realize that in order for me to be able to hear what God has for me, I need to be walking with God. Right. We can't walk with God and walk with the world. You see what I'm saying? Those are th- those mm-hmm. things. We, we, we can't do both. We got it. We got to pick one or one or the other. Right. And um, and so I, I kind of wanted to just, you know, um, open, op- open it, open it up, you know, to you guys and, you know, and just kind of, you know, you know, figure out, right, what it means, I guess, to, you know, one, what does it mean to to walk with God, right? And how can someone, you know, uh, walk with God so that they're able to to hear that voice, to hear what they're to be obedient for, right? And, and you know, as we kind of go into the story, right, there's never been rain before, right? You know, uh, Noah doesn't, we don't, we don't, we didn't, we don't even know what rain is, right? And sometimes it's like God will give us a command. He will tell us to do something, but it's like, I've never seen that before. Right. I've never heard mm-hmm. of that. Right. And so, you know, um, I think it's, I think it's important to realize that if we're going to be obedient, right. If we're going to be obedient to God, then we have to realize that we might look a little strange to others sometime. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, you know, I think that's a little difficult for some people to, to kind of, to kind of think because it's like, well, I want to be obedient but I don't want people to look at me funny. Right. And so, um, and so, yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to open it, open it up there. Um, and, and just kind of, kind of look at that right there before we kind of really begin to dive into this. Right. It says that Noah was a righteous blame. He was righteous, blameless. Right. And it said that Noah walked with God. And so I kind of want to throw that, throw that out to you guys and kind of start there. And then we can kind of dive into this a little bit more. Hey, why don't you take that, baby? All right. Um, that's an awesome question because the thing I thought about is for some of our viewers, right? The moment they hear that message you just gave that we need to walk with God, for some people, it's going to click right away of like, man, like I need to walk with God. And you, you kind of intuitively know what that means. I would, I would say that's the spirit guiding you, giving you that understanding, uh, allowing something to settle in you of, of I need to walk with God. And you have that knowledge of what that means. And, and let me just say first and foremost, uh, praise God. And that's a gift from God to have that insight, uh, to, to, to be aware of your necessity to walk with God, um, to, to desire it. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, I would say you need to pray into the desire, right? Um, there's times, actually not at all times, our flesh does not want to walk with God. Our flesh, let's be very clear here, the flesh, which is uh, the sinful desire in us, the ego, it does not want to walk with God. Romans 8 uh, says that the flesh is in hostility to the spirit of God. It actually cannot be in obedience to God at all. And that's why when we follow Christ, we have to submit, surrender, and crucify ourselves, right? 
man, we need a whole revitalization of Christianity in the mindset of believers today to understand that it is not just about looking at Jesus crucified. It is about being crucified with him. If we get that, we've gotten the gospel that to be crucified with Christ, he's invited us into glory. But the only way to get to glory is that you got to go to death. That's got to be part of your story. Everybody wants a resurrection, right? You talk to, I don't care who you talk to. You talk to anybody, whether they're a believer or not, whether they believe in one name or another, everybody's hoping for something better, greater later on the other side of this life, right? That's a fact, right? And, 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 and with that type of uh, hope, that type of desire, what is the answer? What is the, what is the substance? Right? The Christian faith, the, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament are solidified in agreement that this is the reason of God. This is the purpose of God. This is the hope of God. And it's all pointing towards Jesus. It's all pointing towards Messiah in a relationship with him. That is what is to walk with God. Right. And so I, I look at um, Genesis chapter four. And right at the end there, right after Cain had um, had sinned by killing his brother and then uh, lineages continue, it says at the last verse, at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. <laughs> if you it, Right from Genesis, uh, the early chapters of Genesis, we get a, a clear understanding of actually what it means to walk with God, to call on the name of God, right there, to call on the name of God. Isaiah, the prophet says, Call on me, all the ends of the earth, call on me and be saved. You know, it was, um, I think it was, I believe it was uh, the man called the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, who lived in the 1800s and, and, and um, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through him and through his messages, uh, he caused revival in the lands. Now, I want to be clear, it wasn't him, it was God's working through him, but the messages he gave were empowered by God, right? And those messages all started with the simple message in his conversion. He was walking by a church one day and overheard a preacher preaching. And he walked in and heard Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah speaking in just one verse. And the verse said, call upon me all the ends of the earth. Turn to me and be saved. Turn to me and be saved. God is saying, turn to me. Turn to me. Right. And so there needs to be a great turning from what we are already focused on. When you wake up, you have things that are already popping into your mind left and right. What am I going to do here? What am I going to do there? Where am I going to walk to? Right. It, it, we need to train ourselves in the love of God to say, I'm going to walk to God consistently, consistently, consistently and keep going forward. Keep going forward for more and for more and for more, even when it gets harder, even when it gets difficult. Because as we're going to get to in this story, best believe it wasn't all straight, straightforward for, for Noah. We read Noah's story and we're like, oh, man, like, man, why can't God just speak to me like that? It'd be all easy. I build that art like, mm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, it, it ain't like that. It ain't that simple. Like, it, it, yeah. if you do the calculations from Genesis 6, Genesis 5 to Genesis 8 and 9 and, and 10, where you get the lineages, it actually, he did not build this thing in, in a matter of days and in a matter of months. It took him decades to build this ark on one word from God. 
Look at this. We've gotten my man, my man. Look at the hold on. I'm picking up my Bible right now. It's got my cell phone in as a as a marker. But my man had but this much, just just maybe three pages of the Bible to work on. Meaning wow. he didn't have a Bible in his day. He didn't have what we know as the word of God that God has faithfully given to us through the prophets and through the Old and New Testament. He didn't have that to work on, right? And he had but one word from God. Yeah, the word. He had the word of God given to him and he trusted in that word. And it says that mm. Noah was faithful. Faithful. To be faithful means to be obedient. Faith without obedience is not faith at all. That's the reality because demons have faith, right? The Bible says demons believe and they tremble, but they don't obey, right? And so if your belief is going to have any substance about it, it's got to be su submitted and surrendered to obedience. That's why Paul, um, look at the book of Romans, for example, from chapter one, the way he, sa he sandwiches Romans, chapter one to chapter 16, both of them have uh, almost the exact same verse where Paul's saying why he's writing this book. He's saying for faith to be brought into obedience. He's writing to people who believe. And he realizes that this belief that we have, it has to be transformed. The, the reality of, oh, wow, I, I believe in Jesus and I believe in what he's done has to be transformed into now I'm walking with God. Now I'm following God. I'm not just, I'm not just going to be like the crowds who were happy when Jesus came to town, but didn't follow him when he left. Mm. Come on. Mm. Wow. Wow. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generation. And he walked with God. And I think it's important to look at the passages prior to that verses four and five, especially he was living in a generation when things were so far from being perfect. Things were so, and what, what is perfect? What is perfect is the image of God and God's image has been perverted. When sin entered the world, things began to go off course. And this generation, things have gotten so bad that the Lord says, verse five, this is uh, chapter six, verse five. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, continually. And that word stands out to me because it doesn't say, but it says Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And in my mind, I'm just thinking continually. Walking with God is something that is done continually. And when you're walking with God, just how you see, there are two examples here. Noah was perfect right in his generation so let's look at the example of those who weren't perfect and that's in chapter five those who weren't perfect in that generation it says that they were wicked that every intent of their thoughts of their heart was evil continually so i really think noah's example of what perfect represents 
as a result from walking with God, really, it's looking at the thoughts in the heart. And what are those set on continually? And man, I just really, I just, you know, some people have to recognize the character of God. Through this passage here, we just see we're getting a front view, personal view of who God is and his character and his emotions and his affections. And verse six says, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. He grieved him in his heart when he saw the wickedness earth, when he saw the intentions of man, his, his perfect creation, their thoughts, their hearts. It all started in the garden when they're in his presence. But when, because sin entered the world, they have been corrupted for generation to generation, and they're just so far off the mark of his original design now that he was sorry. It grieved him. And it's, I feel like there's two ways you can look at this. He's grieved in a way because he created us to worship him. But some people can say that's selfish, but if we're going to be real, there's no greater purpose than to worship God, to be fulfilled by God, to have a relationship with God. And he's looking at his creation has been corrupted and they aren't interested in the relationship. And he's sorry. And I believe you can look at our generation today. God can look at his creation and feel sorry and grieved in his heart because mm. we go after so many other things. Our intents, our thoughts, our heart are going after so many other things continually and he's sorry and it grieves him because everything that we're searching for and looking for is found in him only in him so Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation not because of his character but because he walked with God mm -hmm. because his thoughts I believe his heart I believe was with God continually so if we want to, if we want to, how do we walk with God? It, it's our thoughts. Where is your heart? Mm. When Moses delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, it said their hearts were still in Egypt. Where's your heart? Mm. That's good. Where's your heart? And I think we could move forward a little bit. and. We fast forward to chapter six, verse 14. God says, make yourself an ark. And not only that, in verse 15, he says, and this is how you shall make it. And 
Dale, you mentioned this before the obedience, there's faith. There's faith because God tells him in verse 13, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. This has yet to happen. He's never seen rain before, as you said, but by God's word, and Brandy, you mentioned this too, he received a word from God. And to be able to hear that word, to grasp that word, to hold on to that word, that is faith. It takes faith to believe that. But not only that, I love what it says in, um, I believe it's in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse seven, it says, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, what did he do? He moved with godly fear. He moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he commended, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So there's faith. Substance of things wished for, things that you can't see or feel, there's faith from a warning. But the thing that follows is not only obedience, it's complete obedience. So how, how do we get from faith to complete obedience? And I really think the author of Hebrews said it perfectly, is that he was moved with godly fear. Godly fear, that is his response. Godly fear, that's reverence, that is respect. Godly fear, that is standing in awe. That of what you just heard. So he is motivated by godly fear. And his response to that is complete obedience. And we get a long list, <laughs> a long list of what it, of what it took to the instructions of building the ark. And I think sometimes um, as Christians, we get to reading these parts of the text and we just skip it. Or well, this is where we start dozing off. And we're like, oh, like, let me sketch out this ark. It's not so you can build an ark, but it's to show how specific God is and his instruction and the example of a complete obedience to the instruction. Noah follows these commands to protect exactly word for word. And sometimes I think as readers, we can read into God's word and like God is extra. God's not extra. God knows what's coming. So when God gives you instruction, you feel like, oh, this doesn't make sense, or this is too like this is very this is gonna be a lot more simpler. But when God is specific in his instruction, it's not always that he's just testing you and playing with you, but no, he knows what's coming. And if you trust in that, you'll be preserved. What are y'all what are y'all thoughts on that? You know, um, and and absolutely, and uh, and I guess real quick, I just um, I wanted to just make clear to maybe someone that was that was watching this, right? When we say that Noah was, you know, was perfect in his generation, um, we are not saying that Noah was a perfect man, right? Because as mm -hmm. we know, there is no 
there is there is only one perfect man, and that was Jesus, right? But Noah was righteous, right? So, um, you know, when 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 God looked at Noah, he was he smiled, right? Because we we can we can look we can, we can look further in the text and find out that Noah was 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 far from perfect, right? He wasn't he wasn't perfect, right? But he was righteous, right? And that's where we're all striving to be. Austin, Daryl, Brandon, uh, we're we're striving to be righteous men. Someone on the on the other side watching this is striving to be a righteous man or a righteous woman, right? Because none of us can be perfect, right? So I just I, I just wanted to um just 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 uh, just so we don't you know someone watching this does not get confused maybe just on you know that that one that that one word um but not um med um you know excellently said my brother um and you know again I I love I love the fact that it was also you also pointed out right that you know during this this generation was was wicked right and we can look at our own <laughs> look at our own generation right now. And, you know, I can look outside my, you know, my, my windows and my doors right now and see wickedness, you know, people doing things that are, that are not righteous, right. That are, you know, that are wicked. Right. And I think that right there is what made Noah, uh, you know, special, what made Noah righteous, right. Although everyone around him was wicked, right. He was still righteous. Right. And so someone, mm-hmm. someone watching this video right now, although, there may be people around you, right? Doing wicked things, doing things that God despises, right? You still must be righteous, right? We can't, we can't be what, you know, what the people around us are, are, are being or, or doing, right? And so I think that right there um, is very important. And you kind of, you just, you just read verses uh, 14 through 16. Um, and it talked about the, the specific instructions. And I love the point uh, that you also, that you also just brought up about you know, we can sometimes we can kind of just skip, you know, we sometimes as Christians, we feel that we can just kind of skip through um, those those small details like, oh, that's not too important. Let me just you know, jump down to, to, to chapter seven. But no, as we know, um, you know, God is very specific in his instructions and every instruction, every detail um, is, is very, very important. And I think sometimes that's why some of us. Right. I mean, that one little instruction. Right can be the difference of mm. us being obedient or disobedient. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And so it's definitely, it's definitely very important that we are, um, that, that we're just, that we're paying attention, that we're praying, right. That we're making sure that in everything we do, right. That we are being obedient, right. To our father, right. Because again, we can, we can, we can start righteous, right. We can, we can have a good heart. We can have a good plan. Everything can, we can be doing things according to God's will, and then that one that one little thing that you think someone may not see, right? That that slight disobedience, or what well, do I really listen? God, you said it. You said it has to be four hundred fifty feet. Can it? Can it? Really, can it just be four forty eight? Like what's the, what's the two extra feet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really going. Hey, you know what I'm real. saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think Brandon also pointed out something. Um, you know, that, that I wanted to, I didn't want to skip by as well, you know, as we, as we kind of can, you know, continue through the text or as people read on their own, we realize that when Noah is given this word, right. And, you know, when Noah begins to build the ark and when Noah actually finishes the ark, it's roughly 120 years. And so I, I, I say that to say, there may be someone that is watching this right now that believe that 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 may may have received the word from God, and so it's been one week, and they're like, 
God, what's going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's been a week. I've been obedient. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is too much right now. You know what I'm saying? I need to, I, we got to hurry this up, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure Noah, right, chopping down trees. The neighbor's like, Noah, what are you doing, my guy? You know what I'm saying? Chopping down trees day by day. You know what I'm saying? Just being obedient, right? And so, you know, check, again, check this think, out. Check this out. To, to that point, he's chopping down trees, bro. And people are saying, what are you doing? He's And he, the Bible says in Second Peter that he was a herald of, of, of righteousness. He was mm. a preacher. Yes, he was. Yep. Noah was a preacher in his day. He was preaching the word of God. And the word of God in his time was up until Adam, from Adam forward, from Eve forward, to the point of what God had revealed to him. There's a flood coming. God was not simply just like, oh, I'm giving this judgment upon the world with no type of warning. God is uh, very, um, how, should, how should I say it? He, he's revelatory. God loves to reveal his purpose to his creation. That's one thing we mm-hmm. miss out on. That's one thing we've been lied to in our generation. When I was growing up, you know, I was, it was made to, be, I was made to believe through, through the groups of uh, people, the groups of so-called intellects I would hang out around, uh, whatever it was, that God's not speaking, that mm. God is distant if God is real at all. Mm. And that couldn't be further from the truth. God is intimate with his people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, we had a conversation about this, Austin, uh, the other day about, you know, uh, radio and frequency, right? And there are however many stations on the radio. But if you're not tuned into that frequency, you're never going to hear whatever's on that channel, even if it's the best news mm-hmm. in the world, even if it's calling your name saying, come on down to the studio. We got you a brand new boo boo You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And God has given each and every human being an antenna deep within the human heart. In fact, the writer of Ecclesiastes says that God has set eternity in the heart of man. This is exactly why you get many false religions, because what happens is people go around disobeying God, even though they have a heart that has been set with the seed of God, and they go and spoil it. They go and turn Mm -hmm. it to something it was never meant to be, right? Romans Romans 1, again, says... uh, Though they knew God, they, they didn't give him thanks. They didn't give him gratitude. And they decided to worship the creation rather than the creator. <laughs> That's good, bro. And um, I had a question that was brought forth um, a couple of days ago. She asked, how do we deal with being in the world but not being of the world? Mm-hmm. Now that the veil has been removed, I'm fearful to interact with those because I see the, the corruption. And I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of my own inability because I know that I'm weak. And I, and I realized throughout my entire life, I have been weak and I've been given to sin. Mm-hmm. So now I'm fearful to interact with those I have interacted with. I'm afraid to go to the places I've once gone. Now I find myself trapped in a house in need of a church home. But we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's been a struggle. How do we live amongst a generation that doesn't see God? And this is the story of Noah. 
This is Joah lived amongst a generation that was wicked, that did not seek the intents. Their hearts were not with God. But I think it's important we could look at verse eight, chapter six. It says, "But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord." And for anyone who's in that season of your life, we've all been through it. Everyone in this line right now, we've been through it when the veil was removed and we get this and we finally saw just how wicked not only were we, not only were we like in that present time, but everything was around us. Mm-hmm. I remember one time me and Daryl, this isn't living our old lives. We were out at a, at a, um, at a party and suddenly I could see the wickedness. And I was like, bro, what are we, we got to leave. What are we doing here? This is a waste of time. This is an absolute waste of time. God's not, I don't feel, I feel, I don't feel the presence of God here. We need Mm. to leave. Mm. And that is grace. That's not something I deserve. That's not something you deserve because we were in sin. We were engulfed in it. And once upon a time where some of us, even right now, as you're, as you're listening, enjoyed and found, found delight in sin. But when God removes the veil, he pulls us out of it. And we're able to see if you're swimming in dirty water and like, that's what you're used to. Like, you're not going to realize any, anything different. Right. If you're used to living in a dirty house, you're not going to realize this is a dirty house. Like this is just what I'm accustomed to Mm. until you go to somewhere that is cleansed. Mm. And then you go back to your old situation. Like, wow, this is filth. I can't believe I used to live in this. Mm. That is what it's like to be touched by God's grace Mm. and to be renewed in your vision, be renewed in your sight. And have the Holy Spirit become sensitive to the things that are sensitive to the Spirit, and it's like, wow. And now you're now you're trying to share this with other people, like, yo, like we gotta come on, we gotta get out of here. I'm trying to save as many people as possible, but they cannot hear you. They won't hear us, and it's a feeling of helplessness. And I want to remind people that you're not alone in this situation and to hold on to God's grace. The same grace that pulled you out, rest in that Mm. and be transformed. And as Noah says that, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. That's verse eight. Verse nine says, Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. So he found grace from God. Then he walked with God. So when you find grace, when you finally realize how simple you are and how lost the world is, how corrupt everything is, don't be focused on speaking to those people who are lost just as you were. Focus on walking with God. Hold on to grace and walk with God. Be renewed by his spirit. And what happened after he walked with God? Surely after, about three verses later, after he started, after he walked with God, then came the instruction. 
He walked mm. with God, then he got a word from God. Mm. He found grace. He walked with God, mm. got a word from God. And his response was complete obedience to that word. No matter what anybody else was doing. Whoa. Obedient, just chopping wood. How often is it reversed, bro? Exactly what you said. Like, we want, God, I'll walk with you, but I need all the details. Can you give me the blueprint first, Lord? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I know you said you want me to do this, but listen, it doesn't really make sense to me because I got to do this. I got to pay this bill. I got to do this job. I got to do X. We start listening out all of our blueprint that we made in our little mm, finite wow. mind. And we put our plan before God's plan and we won't trust God until he gives us the full plan. Don't you mm. know his word is the full plan? Amen. Come on. I confess. I've been there. Come on. We, we've been there. <laughs> Amen. So Daryl, Brandon, both of y'all, what additional words of encouragement or do we have in our own testimonies of how do we deal with being in the world, but not being of it? And mm. this is a message to new believers that realize how simple they are. And I'm going to just say one quick verse, you know, the Lord hasn't given us a, a, a spirit of fear, but of power, love and of a sound mind. That verse right there changed my mind. You know what I mean? Like, but What's some what's something else we can add to that? You know, people are seeing how corrupt the world is, their relationships are, and they feel that they're almost paralyzed by this. And that's what the enemy wants. They want us to be ineffective. They want us to be locked up in the house, not sharing our, our faith with anybody. But um, if y'all can reflect on that, mm-hmm. Daryl, you got a word on that? Hmm. It's funny. I guess the, the first thing I guess that came to my mind was not be conformed, but be reborn. And I guess when I look at that, right, um, you know, it's it's very easy to kind of walk into that wickedness, right, with everybody else and and, and do what everyone else was doing. Um, and again, I was doing that for 28 years. Um, so I have a lot of experience uh, with that, right? And so I guess for myself, um, and, and just going back to um, part of my testimony I shared, um, in a previous video, um, you know, where I heard that, that one word from that one word from God and it said, be patient. And, you know, when, when I think about that, it's like, when we look at the world and we look at what's going on, it's like, things are moving a a million miles an hour. Right. And, you know, I, like, I used to love that, that fast pace moving, you know, just being a part of what everyone else is doing. Right. But when I heard that be patient, I had to almost take a step back. And, you know, when you kind of take that step back, you're able to kind of see what everyone else is doing, what everything else is going on and realize, Oh, like, I don't Mm -hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't really want to be a, a part of that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel that, you know, I have something, there's something different for me that I have something, you know, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Right. And I think an easy way uh, for, you know, for me to kind of sum it up is if everyone is going left, 
then you might want to be going right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's easy for us to, to, to follow in the footsteps of the world, but it's harder for us to walk in that calling that God has for us. So I guess my words of encouragement would be, you know, in a, and, and, and again, when we look at the story of Noah, right, he was in a generation where things were wicked. People were doing wicked. There was wickedness all around him. Right. And so we can look at We can look outside and see that the same thing is going on. And so, you know, what I would say, um, what I would say to those, right, is, you know, again, you know, we, we live in a world that kind of tells us, you know, um, don't be the oddball, right? Don't be, you know, you think about a square, right? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I remember I used to call people squares, right? Like you're corny, you're a square, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, it's like if everybody is inside the square, right? And people say like, yo, you don't want to be the dude outside the box, you know what I'm saying? But be that one that's outside the box, right? Do, don't, don't, don't do what, the, what is easy, Right. But do what is hard, right? Because I mean, yes, it is. It is easy for us to be righteous, right? Uh, I think we make it a little bit harder uh, than than what it needs to be, right? Because you know, again, when we're following God, right, His yoke is easy, right? It's it, it's e- it, it's easy to you know, uh, we just make it so much harder, right? But I would just you know, I would just advise people to take a step back and just and just look at things, right? What are those things that are not pleasing? to our father, right? You guys, you know, you guys being, you know, young, young fathers having, having young kids, right? You know, as your kids get older, they're going to want to do things that please dad, right? You know, um, and, and so what we need to look at are things that please our heavenly father. So I just, I just encourage people that again, if the world, people around you, if everyone, everyone is rushing to go left, don't be afraid to go right. And so that's, you know, that for, for me, that was, you know, once I kind of took that step back and began to see that, it made things a lot easier for me. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, I wrote down three words here. Um, that, so if you, if, let me get the question right. You want to be in the world, but not of the world. You, you, you heard God's voice, you, 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 you hear his call on your life, you know, God, you want me to be in, but you don't want me to be of what's going on in this world, but I'm still here. And there's a lot going on. How do I stay out of that? The sewage is all around, right? Mm. In our, if, if you're raised as an American or raised in a first world country, right? If you were to go to some of these places where, where they have to travel three, four, five miles just for water, um, the tap water, right? From a, from a well, um, if they're lucky, right? Versus just going to some type of uh, infested water. If we were to travel to that land and have to live there, think about your, you would, ne- you would most of us would, 99% of us would be like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> that ain't happening. I'm not going to do that, right? It should be the same mentality with sin. It should be the same mentality, meaning you should see if you're with the Lord and you continue to walk with the Lord, you will see clearly the distinction between good and evil. 
Hebrews chapter five says when we're trained from children to, 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 from infants to adults in the faith, spiritually speaking, we go from milk to meat. We go from uh, not knowing what is really good and evil to discerning clearly and quickly what is evil, what is good and how to discern between the two, right? And to spiritually be like, hmm, that group over there, that thing over there that's inviting me there, <laughs> whatever it is, that's, mm, that's sewage, that's a cesspool, that's a, and you already know how to steer clear, right? And so um, apart from that, the three words are favor, shut in, and uncomfortable. If, you, if you're going to be in, in the world, but not of it as a Christian, as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to have favor with God. You need his favor. You cannot do it without grace. Paul said, uh, when I am weak, when I realize I can't do it, then I'm actually strong. Because now I know I can actually depend on God. I actually have to depend on God because I ain't got nothing That's else good. to depend on. That's right? Good, I can't tell you how many circumstances. Can't tell you how many circumstances where God brought me, humbled me, to, to, in a situation where I was trying to fight it on my own and get out of that situation and realized, wait a second, whether it was the sin I was struggling with, the personal sin, right? Or whether it was a, 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 a sinful relationship, uh, whether with someone in this world, a group of people, old friends, um, a certain type of job or what, I, you know, I could, we could list off several things, right? Where I could, I realized there was at a point I cry, I would cry out to God and I still do it. I'm like, God, I can't, I thank God. Cause now I'm quicker. I'm quicker to just cry out, right? Discern between good and evil, get quicker at it. And I'm quicker to be like, just, oh Lord, I know I can't handle this one. Help me Jesus. Help me Jesus. And then what's amazing is I'm, I testify. I testify where people look at me and think I'm strong. And I'm like, if only you saw Jesus. Because <laughs> that man's doing it. He's doing the work in me. I'm so weak. I'm so filthy. I'm so dirty. But mm -hmm. God's doing the work in me. Right. And so you need a favor. One time I said, I was praying. I said, Lord, and I wasn't even like, let, let's get another thing about prayer straight. It's not all there is. We need to find times where prayer is totally out of the norm of what we do. It needs to be different. Jesus said, go into the inner room, shut the door, turn the curtains closed. I'm saying, get alone with God. Turn that phone off, put it in the other room. Don't you know when you start praying with God, that phone start ringing? Ain't that something? Now, nobody wanted to talk to you before, but now they want to talk to you. Listen, and so get alone with God. But there's also times where you can just walk and talk with God. When you learn in that growth with walking with God, right? And let me, let me be clear here. As a first, as a baby Christian, you're crawling with God, if that. And that's okay, because mm -hmm. God will crawl with you. Austin and I will tell you, with our, with our children, we crawl with them. Whatever they, they're capable of doing, we're going to meet them at their capability and wow. bring them to our potential. Oh, come on. I know that was wow. a word. <laughs> We're going to meet them at their capability and bring them to our potential. God meets us where we're at and brings us to where he's at. Oh my God. Amen, bro. So Amen. favor, favor to find favor with God. Though, look, at, look, at, look at how many times the word favor appears in the New Testament. And now the key here is to, to, to understand that favor is goes hand in hand with grace. They're synonyms. They're really the same thing. Grace is undeserved favor. 
you get favor from someone and they didn't, or, or you didn't do anything for it and they just gave it to you, right? Somebody, easy example, somebody holds the door for you and you say, thank you. Why, why do we say thank you for so many different things? Typically we say thank you because they didn't have to do it, right? And they did it. Mm. Oh, thank you. That's a small thing. God did a huge thing, right? Yeah. God's doing huge things. So I, I, pr- I prayed, I was just walking. Now back to where I was at, right? I was, I was walking and I, I was literally just like going throughout my day and I, I was a simple thought. I just said, Lord, like, I'm thinking about all these people from Noah. He found favor with you. Moses found favor with you. Uh, all these different prophets found favor with you. Jesus himself found favor with you. How do I find favor with you? And I got quiet and I intentionally said, let's actually be quiet and let God give an answer. He might actually just want to answer right now. So I got quiet. And it was like my own thought came about, but I know it wasn't my thought. I know it had to be from God. When you grow in intimacy with God, that begins to form in believers where you did like the spirit of God is in you. He's not just uh, up high and lifted up and above and seated at the right hand of the father. Yes, that's true. But he's also a God with us, Emmanuel, right? And so he's speaking in us to his people. And so I prayed that and the spirit of the Lord said in me, and again, it was just like my own thought, but I knew it wasn't mine. And, it, and the thought said, if you want to find favor with God, if you want to find favor with me, listen to me. Spend time with me and love me. Just like that. If you want to find favor with God, listen to him. Listen. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he's going to say. Be willing to be open and listening. And spend time with him. If you want a relationship with anybody in life, an actual relationship, you've got to spend time with them. You've got to. It's plain and simple. People are, I'm telling you, man, people are trying to cut corners, even spiritually, thinking that you're going to get a jump shot in the grace of God going forward to, to, to up and bounds without doing work behind scenes. We got to get past that. We got to get beyond that, thinking that we're going to cut quarters and somehow one day we're going to majestically wake up and, oh my God, (laughs) I'm moving mountains. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm healing everything. (laughs) I got every spiritual gift in the book. (laughs) Right? Now, the truth be told, that can happen, and God sometimes does that. But that is not the, um, that's not the standard of, 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 right. of what happens. Because sometimes God does that because God just wants to do a new move, a new thing. And he uses that person in spite of themselves. And mm-hmm. uh, often, why God doesn't often do that? Let me be clear. Why God doesn't often just, why God, you, somebody goes like, why don't God just reveal everything to everyone and they would just get it? You know, and, and they would just understand. Why don't God just show up? Why don't God just that? Why don't, look, you need to get out the judgment seat, number one. Number two, <laughs> God doesn't do that because in our pride, we would turn against God. And so it's in humility, just like the Israelites were in the desert, walking through the wilderness, humbled through the food they ate, humbled through the lifestyle they lived. 
Oftentimes we as Christians are humbled as we walk with God. We don't, wait, God, I'm a Christian now. Shouldn't I have this, this, and this? Shouldn't I know this, this, and this? No, not always. Baby steps, walk with God, right? Because that humility is gonna train you to submit and surrender constantly to God's grace, favor, to find favor with God. And so again, we could come back to this point, but, uh, and then to be shut in, look at, look, look at Noah. Look, I know we, look, we don't have to get another Bible study for this one because this one's going to get us deeper, bro. But look, he said in, in chapter, um, let me see here. Um, chapter eight, verse, I love this verse. It says, verse 16, it says, okay. And those that entered the ark, male and female, right? He's talking about the animals of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And so now Noah's went in as God commanded him. So number one, that's his obedience. He's, he's doing the simple thing God told him, get up in that ark, man. I'm sending the flood. <laughs> but look what it says. it says, and the Lord shut him in. You want to be in the world, but not of the world. You want to be a Christian who's walking with power, wisdom, and in the spirit of the Lord and not being overtaken by evil. The reality is you got to get shut in with God. You got to, he's got to shut you in. When's the last time you had a shut in with God? When's the last time you had a shut in by God? Look, God shut the door. God shut the door of the ark. Noah didn't shut the door. God shut him in. I'm telling you, I'm telling you from experience that is still progressing. I'm telling you from these gentlemen's experience and that, that's still progressing. I'm telling you from the experience of the scriptures. When you get shut in by God, right? <sighs> my God, you're mm-hmm. guarded. Uh, I think it's First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians. It says that um, evil shall not prevail against us because God, uh, he's guarding and protecting us. Guarding and protecting us, right? And so to get shut in with God, and, and the final point is, is be okay with being uncomfortable. Just a simple point. Be okay with being uncomfortable with some of those situations. In fact, it's more often the case that when we're in comfort, that's an issue. Because oftentimes we're favoring the comfort of this world rather than the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John chapter uh, 14 that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, would be given to those who obey Jesus. And that comforter is, is, is a comfort. It, he comforts you. But we can't be comforted by the comforter if we're already comforted by the world. So you got to get uncomfortable out of the world. In the sense of out of the old lifestyle, out of the old you, out of the old rhythms, out of the old patterns, out of the old routines, that the same old, same old. You got to get uncomfortable. And Here's another one. You're going to make some other people uncomfortable when you're doing that. (laughs) Come on. Mm. And that's okay. Because I love it. When you're in a place, this is what God told me one time. When you're in a place of discomfort, that's a perfect place for the comforter to show up. You want the more of the Holy Spirit? Get uncomfortable. (laughs) Get uncomfortable. And you're going to get uncomfortable uh, by living in the word of God. Somebody's going to get discomforted by it. And if not that, Surely your flesh is not going to be comforted by living by God's grace and by God's favor. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, bro. And 
I really love the point you made being shut in by God, shut in by God. And after Noah's act of faith from the warning and then the complete obedience, chapter six, verse 22, it says, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. And then verse seven, it says, then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. So after faith, after complete obedience, there was an invitation. And whoever's listening right now, God is inviting you to come in. And not only is he inviting you to come in, he's going to shut you in, seal you in by his Holy Spirit, seal you in into his refuge, into his safe place, into his provision. And not only is he inviting you, he says you and all your household, Mm. because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. When God calls you, it's not only for you, but he's calling your family too. And it takes but one person's move of faith into obedience, responding to that invitation that you will be sealed by his Holy Spirit from this generation to the next. We have to respond. The invitation is there. We can have faith. We can have obedience. We still have to respond to that invitation. Noah could have made the ark and then decide not to enter the ark. And that's kind of how our flesh is. That's how kind of sin is, temptation is. No matter where we're at on our walk, we can be obedient one day and be tempted to walk away the next day. We can be obedient for 10 years, 15. We see it with pastors all the time. People who have faithful ministries and they stumble. No one is safe. No one is too righteous to not be tempted by sin. But trust and believe that God, there's an invitation and he'll seal you in by the Holy Spirit. That he'll give you provision and that he won't bring you to any test that you won't be able to stand and find an escape by calling on his name and Jesus Christ. And I know we're, I know we're running over, but I did want to touch on, I believe it's chapter nine. And this is after cut this into two blood. parts. <laughs> yeah, we can cut this into two parts. We can cut this into two parts. So After the flood, God gives this covenant to Noah and his sons. The chapter begins, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. That sounds familiar, right? That's the same covenant that's given to Abraham. So before Abraham, there's Noah. Um, There's this covenant. And God said, this sign This is the sign of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud 
and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Fast forward. Noah, perfect as he was, righteous before his generation, after the flood, after complete obedience, after 40 days and 40 nights, after complete genocide of all human humanity, right? The reset button has been made. It's kind of like a happy ending, right? Rainbow, we're feeling good. When you turn to chapter nine, verse 20, it says that Noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in, the tent, in his tent. When you look at this, we don't, no one will truly understand what has transpired here to come to the result of Noah, who was perfect and righteous in his generation, to be found uncovered and drunk, naked in his old age. And it says that Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth, did I pronounce that right? It can be pronounced that way or Japheth. Japheth, I like Japheth better. Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. They did not see their father's nakedness. And we're talking about obedience. I think it's important for us to recognize that we all fall short of the glory of God. And Daryl, you said it, only one man who was God was completely obedient, was perfect and righteous, and that is Jesus Christ. Noah drank of the wine and he was drunk. And he was uncovered. He was naked. It reminded me in the garden after Adam and Eve ate of the fruit and God came looking for them. They were naked. And well, no, the, the reverse. They realized they were naked, but realized they, they, covered, naked. they covered themselves. So it's almost like a reverse. Yeah. Like the, you got a good point, though. There, it's a reversal of, like in the garden, they were naked, but they weren't with shame because they hadn't sinned and they hadn't been exposed to what was really mm. there, and, and, and or the sin that was to come. Whereas Noah, now in his sin, he's naked, right? So there, there, yeah, there is like some type of parallel going on there. I like that. Amen. Amen. And. <laughs> obedience isn't always easy we don't know why Noah was drunk it could be of his old age and his tolerance is a lot lower it could be that he never drank wine before and his first drink of wine so now he's drunk or it could be that yo like and we're talking about having reverence for God the fear of God the trembling and he just experienced this like he like he moved on faith Built this ark for years. Everybody called him crazy. He was trying to tell people to repent. No one listened. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. 
The world hit reset. And it started with him and his sons. We're talking about pressure. The pressure that comes with obedience. He was uncovered in this tent. He drank of the wine. He was drunk. And one of his sons found him in his nakedness. And even today, but especially in those times, looking at someone that was naked, that's, that's not something that is, is extremely frowned upon, especially looking at your father's nakedness. Am I right? Do you have any more background on that, Brandon? Yeah, I think um, an interesting story I had on this. Uh, one point is that, yeah, the topics like these, scriptures like these, they can remain, in, in, some, in some cases they should remain uh, within debate, friendly debate among Christians of, of, well, what was going on here? What could have gone on here? What's some potentials? Just like Genesis chapter six, where the sons of God come down. There's a couple different theories that go on that. I believe that the one Austin gave is the most correct um, for other reasons, but um, he, here, I've heard a good one that, um, I, I actually believe is correct is that, uh, due to the Levitical law talks about a man's nakedness is actually his wife and that him being uncovered is, is the stewardship God's given him over his wife. And so essentially when Ham comes in to see his father's nakedness, he's actually coming in to do sexually wrong things with his own mother. That's crazy. And that makes it like, mm. whoa, now it kind of makes sense why he would curse. Like, cause when we read this, we're like, okay, so my man just saw his dad naked and he just got a curse. Wow. Right. Wow. So that seems kind of odd. And sometimes there are some odd stories like that, where it's like, we might not understand the social context of why it was like that at the time. But um, I, I believe it's actually more accurate to say that it was his mother um, that he was not simply um, looking, looking upon um, her nakedness, but it says, um, or he saw her nakedness, but the, the, it might be a light way of saying a euphemism of saying he actually did something with his own mother. Now this is getting deep. This is getting touchy, but if you look at the Canaanite history, because remember Canaan was cursed from this point on. Canaanite history, who God, it was uh, about seven nations uh, that of the, from the Canaanites that Israel was coming to obliterate, kick out, move, because God said the land is vomiting them out because their filth is so disgusting, because their sexual immorality is so disgusting, right? And so this opens up a whole other can of worms with, uh, uh, really, we'd have to do this for another time, but um, how sexual sins can bring upon deep bondages um, and deep generational cycles. Um, and this is what happened in Canaan's story, I believe. Um, but even if it's not the connection, the point is Canaan, the land of Canaan was filled with sexual immorality. They would have uh, pagan practices of temples. Like this is cited outside of the Bible, uh, yet alone in the Bible. Pagan temples of, of people who were called priests and priestesses, women priests. Um, and right, think about what you think of a priest today, right? You see them as a holy person, right? This was the holy people of the day. And they would, the, your holy act towards them, just like maybe today a holy act would be, oh, I'm going to church, right? Um, even though I, I could debate, like that's, there's more, <laughs> that's not, I'm not getting there. Anyway, <laughs> point is, I'm just giving some vague references, right? The point is um, going to, to church then was going to give a sexual um, favor 
to the priestess or priest going to perform a sexual act um, uh, or going to do a child sacrifice. Um, that was a, a high act. Uh, and so remember, this is a context of Israel when they began to sin and eventually were caved in by other nations because God said, listen, it is not your righteousness that got these people kicked out of the land. Don't you dare say that. It is because of their wickedness. That's the only reason why you're gaining access and because of my favor with you. That's it. It's not because of something you did. So think about this in your life. You don't got nothing in your life. The reality is you don't got nothing in your life because you really deserved it. And I'm talking about from a godly perspective. From man's perspective, yeah, we could talk about that in a different way. But I'm talking about from God's perspective, God doesn't owe you anything. You don't deserve anything. No, no. You do deserve some. We all deserve hell. That's the reality. If you mm-hmm. saw the wickedness of your sin, you would see, ah, I deserve nothing but hell. And then that brings you to the utter reverence of the cross and the utter reverence of Jesus Christ and realizing what he's really done. Again, another thing to pray about. But yeah, Austin, you brought up a, a really great point here of this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why was he drinking, right? Oh, I'll, I'll bring up another thought why he was drinking. Right? We do this. We do this. God brought in the harvest. God did some good for us. Hey, God, you got me a pay raise. You got me a pay raise, God. Hey, you know how many times God performs a supernatural act in your life, whether you give reverence to him or not. I'm talking to people who are in and out, right? I'm talking to people who don't know God and God did something good for you. <laughs> and you went and instead of giving God thanks, you went and gave yourself thanks and another drink. You know what I'm saying? Mm, wow. <laughs> and, and then there's people who are in the faith and we, you know, we know God did good for us. We, we, maybe we even gave that vain prayer of like, God, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, if you do this, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. And this and the third. Right. And, and whether you said that or not, we've all been there where God's done something good for us. And in our hearts, there was that voice that said, man, maybe I should. Maybe this, this kind of earns God something from me, even though that mm-hmm. shouldn't have been the scenario, but that's the reality. And then we don't even listen to that. <laughs> we go and do our own thing, right? Wow. I, wow. Boy, I can't tell you how many times I different situations. I said, God, if an example, God, if you remove this out of my life, I'm telling you that that thing removed, I'm going to give that time to you. I'm telling you, just help me out. And then he helped me <laughs> out. And I, psh, boy, don't you know the bull forget? Come on, mm-hmm. you see, and, and so that's another one, right? It's like Noah was living good. He was high. he was it was eight people up in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. He had a harvest. Wow. Right? He had everything. And come on, and he just decided and, he kicked back. And before we close, I just um one thing idea I wanted to lift up, and whoever's listening, y'all can um, take this and meditate on this. I think there's something to be said at his son Ham's response versus the two other brothers. And even though those who God places in places of leadership, they may have some faults, they may stumble, they may fall short. When we're talking about obedience, we're still called to be obedient to that person in a sense, right? Respect that person who has authority, who God has placed to shepherd over us. And Ham's response comes with a consequence, right? It comes with a curse. And his brothers being obedient and respecting their father and his shortcomings comes with a blessing. 
Um, that's something that I, I know that's opening up another can of worms there. But um, this has been a great session talking about the story of Noah. Uh, look out for part two, possibly we'll definitely be revisiting this. Um, Dow, did you have any closing words before you close us in prayer? I mean, I, I just I want to say one last thing and then again, I'll, I'll close out in prayer. Um, and so Brandon had brought up in Second in Peter's, um, it, it tells us that Noah um, was a preacher of righteousness. Right. And um, it's, 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 it's funny when I think about that, I, it must have been the, the shortest, the, the shortest sermon, uh, you know, possible, probably three, three words. It's going to rain. Right. And there may be someone out there. <laughs> right. That is that is still waiting on that rain. Right. But just continue to wait, because, again, it took 120 years. And I just wanted to close. I, I just wanted to close out on this right here. Uh, Genesis uh, seven, verse number five. And it says, and Noah did everything the Lord commanded him. He obeyed the Lord. Right. And we look at obedience. Obey. Let's obey our father. Um, and so I just wanted to, again, anyone that is anyone that is watching this, um, anyone that is, you know, maybe going through something, um, just continue to be obedient, um, continue to wait. Right. The rain is the rain is going to come. You know what I'm saying? So just continue to to do the, the, the instruction that you have been given every single instruction, no matter how big or no matter how small it, it, it will be. You feel me? Let's continue to, uh, you know, wait. And just continue to be obedient um, and let us get ready to just uh, and again, Austin, like you said, it, it, this has been um, a great, uh, you know, another another great boss Bible study. And I'm already looking forward to uh, part two and three and uh, four, because I think we can we can take this thing even further, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let us uh, bow our heads and prepare our hearts for prayer. Um, dear Heavenly Father, uh, Father, we just thank you for allowing us to come together today, Father, um, to discuss your word, Father. Uh, Father, I pray that whoever may be listening to this prayer, Father, I pray that they will walk with you, Father. I pray that they will grow closer to you, Father. I pray that although we may be in a generation where there is wickedness all around us, Father, I pray that we will be obedient uh, to what you have for each and every single one of us, Father. Uh, Father, I pray that your words were said today father i pray that someone will receive a, a a word from you today father and and listen to that word that you have given them father uh father i pray that you will continue to use us in our platform father uh, to speak to your people father um it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen now that's the boss bible study god bless y'all soon bless.